Hey everybody. Hello everybody. Welcome, Welcome back, back to our uh, odd pod podcast. A podcast dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything in between. And everything in between. What's up? It's me, Billy. And it's Felicia. As always. As always. Yeah. No, I, how do we start a wow, podcast? I got nothing. How do we even do this? <laughs> Episode 29? That's what you said, 29. Well, since we counted the last one as 28.5. I don't, I'm not counting last week as a whole episode because okay. it wasn't a whole episode. Well, it's going to fuck up the count. Well, so our sorry for list, you guys that are counting. Our podcast list will show more episodes, but in our hearts, this is episode 29. Right. Glad yeah. we got that out of the way. Just so you know, you know, we're trying to keep you posted so you know what's going on with our lives because obviously you want to know because you come here and listen to us every week. So now you're invested. <laughs> and now you're here. Um, real quick, you can like, follow, subscribe, and review. I mean, yeah, rate, and places, review, follow. I'm sure. Follow that purple icon. Yeah, uh, the reviews uh mostly well you can leave comments on podbean but mostly we're talking about at our itunes yep because apparently itunes is like the standard or something i don't know i have no idea how any of that works i prefer i listen to things on spotify spotify is but if you preferred. really want that visibility apparently you need itunes because they have reviews maybe i don't know anyway, anyway anyway you can find these links at www.ouroddpodpodcast.com or at the link tree, linktr.ee slash O-O-P-P. Yeah. And yes, that is a forward slash. <laughs> That's it. Because we read left to right. So a backslash would slash towards the left, right? Does that make sense? I. That's too much explanation for me. I'm talking to all me. you people that call front slashes backslashes. You're confusing people. Stop it. Okay. I'm thoroughly confused now. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> I had a moment, okay? I, it's I, a fucking front slash. I saw that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Do you know why we're here today? I'm assuming to record a podcast. Well, that that's true. <laughs> Thank you for that. We're Continue. actually here for a special reason. A special reason. We're here to fix my fuck up. We're here to fix your fuck up. Yep. Okay. Remember when I said uh, the vampire of Dusseldorf was Armin's like inspo? Yeah. Okay. Well, now we're really doing his inspo. That was not his inspo? We talked about this two episodes ago. What? You misled us? Look, you I deceived just, us? This is how I know Deception! you don't listen to me. How dare you deceive us? What Dude. are you doing? <laughs> I'm taking a picture now of the what <laughs> stares at me as we're recording a podcast. <laughs> and I'm going to upload it. Or I'm going to send it to you to upload it. <laughs> wow. Is this the first? <laughs> this isn't the first time we've recorded since that's been up, right? No, I literally made like a whole announcement saying that I messed up. I'm talking about this picture that's hanging on the wall. I know you made the announcement. I was just messing with you. Oh. This might be the first one. <laughs> Scary. Okay, anyway. So anyway. This is going to be my redemption episode for... This is your redemption arc. 
Right. Where you go from the villain that you have now made yourself in all of our hearts back into the hero that we remembered and wanted to root for in the beginning. I messed up and this is me fixing my mess up because I wasn't going to be able to like make another episode without doing the actual You're giving me some real real Fire Nation vibes here, okay? So (laughs) redeem yourself. I have to, okay. So I'm sorry to do two rough ones back to back. We had a mini in the middle. Well, then we also you also did an episode as well. Did I? Yes. On what? Oh my god, that was so long ago. Have I done an episode since you did the Vampire of Dusseldorf? Yeah. Really? <laughs> wow. I do not remember. No, it was on Dracula. Dracula. Oh right. Or Vlad the Impaler. Vlad number Vlad the second. Yeah. Draculia. Yes. Got it okay. right. Okay. I remember. Let's not derail before we get started. I mean, that seems like a good time. What <laughs> you got going on later? <laughs> All right. So like I said um, in a previous episode, Armin is my favorite cannibal. Everybody's favorite cannibal. He should be my favorite cannibal and he should be yours too. Yep. Um, for like a number of reasons. Let's get those consensual cannibal t-shirts going. Oh my God, that would be lovely. Yeah. All right, somebody start Yeah, that. if you're an artist, talk to us. Kayla, hit Reach me up. Reach out to us, yeah. <laughs> Aiden, hit me up. Yeah. Um. So this is his actual inspiration. And as we'll go through this, you'll kind of see how I got confused mm-hmm. because their stories are like, maybe we can do like a little like comparison along the way too because there are some things that are kind of like, run parallel with each other okay so uh for one they're both in germany yes and they're both referred to as the vampire of some place okay and eventually both of their heads will come off heads will roll this episode (laughs) so bear with me um oh no the microphones have been muted this whole time no i'm kidding I'm sorry. I don't think you needed the coffee. It's tea. You had coffee before that. I know. I don't think you needed it. Ooh, I needed it. Okay, so like, okay, preface this like last time. Okay. This is going to be a doozy. It's a doozy. Um, Not quite as bad. Less rape? Oh, no, there's rape. Oh, God. Well, maybe less rape? Okay. Because well, like that, I feel like that's always what elevates something from like, being kind of fucked up to being like ooh doozy, you know what Especially I mean? Especially when there comes to like children being involved. Oh god, yeah. Um, so I'm I like, didn't feel nearly as uncomfortable writing this as I did the last time, but okay. there are. I Is have, it possible that it's because you your soul has been tainted by the by actually writing the episode before this? You know what? Maybe corruption, desensitization. That's not a word. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's 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 get into it, okay? Let's dive into this. Let's dive into a a villain named Fritz Harmon. Fritz Harmon. Hold on, Fritz Harmon. Yes, I know this name. Do you? Yeah. How do you know this name? I don't know, but I've heard of Fritz Harmon. Continue. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay, Fritz Harmon was born in Hanover uh, 
October 25th, 1879. So not too long ago. Not too long ago. Um, I said 1879, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> he was the youngest of six children. His parents were Joanna and Ollie Harmon. Ollie. Ollie. <laughs> For all accounts, he was considered a quiet child with few friends of his own age and seldom socialized with any other children other than his siblings outside of school. His behavior was described as feminine, quote-unquote, um, and was known to shun, like, quote-unquote, male activities. Instead, he played with his sister's dolls and dressed up in their clothes. Um, he liked needlework and cooking and had a very close relationship with his mother who spoiled him. Oh, man. Sounds real familiar. Yeah? Yeah. Let me know if, like... There's ever comes a point in this when you're like, oh, fuck, I know. No, I meant like, because I, you know. You enjoy needlework? I don't hate it. And mm -hmm. I like hanging out with my mom. She spoiled me. Your mom is I played good with people. my sister's dolls. Mm -hmm. Well, because my Ninja Turtles needed an April, but, you know, <laughs> it counts. All right. So, like, let's throw it back to his parents for a little bit. Throwback. Throwback. Also, I love you, Mom. <laughs> we love you, Sheena. <laughs> Harmon's father married his mother when she was 41. Um, she was seven years his senior. Um, it's rumored that due to her wealth and her dowry is the reason for the marriage. So, you know, that's nice. Dowry, dowry. And if you'll remember, throwing it back to like almost 30 episodes ago for Armin. His mom was old AF too. Yeah. Not that 41 is I old. I mean, like, but... you know, compared to his dad. Yeah. Yeah. So. I do remember that. Wow. So wait, she had this child like. In her mid-40s? Probably closer to, like, her late 40s. Woo! That is an accomplishment. That is a old egg. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I knew some, I knew a lady who had a kid when she was, like, 50. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not like unheard of It does happen, now. but wow. It was probably, like, an anomaly back then. Anomaly. Anomaly. Thank you. It do be happening, though. It does happen. So... Um, Harmon Sr. was argumentative and short-tempered, who had several affairs throughout his marriage. Um, at one point, he even contracted syphilis. Syphilis! Like, in his later... Syphilis! Syphilis! Thank you. You're welcome. Um, his parents, unfortunately, remained together until his mother passed away in 1901. From complications due to syphilis. Oh, I don't know. Just kidding. Maybe not. Anyway, mom died. Uh, he's rich. They could probably fix it. You can cure <laughs> syphilis if you catch it early. Can you? Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know that. We're not going to hang on to the syphilis part for too long. Passing message. It will make you go crazy, though. Really? And then become Jack the Ripper. Really? That's my theory. Really? Yeah. We should do an episode on syphilis, then. Yeah, well, as tuberculosis got to get all the love. Syphilis, my man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a rumor that Jack the Ripper was some royal dude who went crazy because he got syphilis. Okay, write that down. I'm going to come back to it. Okay. <laughs> all right, back to... Uh, Fritz Harmon's <laughs> his schooling. Okay. Um, so he started school in 1886, and he was noted by teachers to be a spoiled child prone to daydreaming. Oh, boy. What? Nothing. Like a little flashback there? Like just a little Billy. <laughs> <laughs> his uh, behavior was noted to be exemplary, but his academic performance was below average. Um, and he even had to repeat a grade twice. Oh. 
Um, there is rumor that he was molested by one of his teachers, but he like never discussed that. So Shit. there's no telling if that's just a rumor or not. Right. So. Wow. I saw that in a couple of different places. So. I just but no I'd... hard facts to support or deny. Right, right, right. So like, it's a rumor. It's out there. Well, but I he sure never hope confirmed. that didn't happen. I'm hoping it didn't happen. So Harmon would grow into a physically um, strong young man. And his parents gave him consent to finish schooling in 1894. So he's either 14 or 15 at that time. Okay. So uh, they're like, hey, you can be done. Yeah. This truancy wasn't really a big thing, was it? No. I'm pretty sure you just learned enough to... Get by. Go to work, basically, right? Basically, because um, he briefly took an apprenticeship as a locksmith, but that didn't last long. And when he was 15, he enrolled in the military academy, and he began training on April 4th, 1895. So not only has he now been trained in picking locks, but also now he's learning how to kill people. Well, he adapted to military life and apparently performed really well as a trainee soldier, but due to health problems, he was basically forced to discharge himself. Oh. Um, you know, sometimes you just gotta discharge well, yourself. So his the health problems were pretty serious. Um, he would uh, have like periodic lapses of consciousness oh yeah that seems pretty severe um, they said it was it resembled something close to epilepsy but like without actually being epilepsy okay um so after he left the military academy he returned to hanover where he briefly worked in a cigar factory that his father established in 1888 okay so cool cool yeah german cigars that's a thing i, I guess what? i didn't know so up until this point, he's been okay. He hasn't attempted to drown any schoolmates, well, that's like good. our other vampire did. Yeah. Um. And at the but, sorry, at the ripe old age of sixteen, Fritz Harmon would commit his first known sexual offense. His first known sexual offense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Excuse me. So this all involved young boys whom he was able to lure into secluded areas, areas, mostly cellars. Meant for abusing them. It's lots of sellers. Just litter, the streets just littered with sellers. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was first arrested in July of 1896, and he was placed in a mental institution in 1897, where he was certified as being incurab- incurably deranged and unfit to stand trial. And he was ordered to be confined at the mental institution indefinitely. Oh, like old, like Jolly Jane. Yeah, except he had to stay there for the rest of his life. But I'm guessing that's not how it worked out. But no, that's my case, actually. Oh, cool. I didn't want to talk about it. If I had to guess, his parents used their influence to get him out. What? Was I right? Maybe. You know what? Different song, same old verse, though. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I mean, like, really. So it was only seven months later when Fritz Harmon escaped the mental institution with some assistance from his mother. Oh, mom. Um, I was hoping I could find the story of that somewhere, but it wasn't anywhere on the first three pages of Google, so I gave up pretty quickly. Aren't moms the best, though? Really? Um, so he flees to Zurich. Zurich? Yep. Yeah. Germany? That's a no, place. Switzerland. <laughs> That's a place? I don't... It's in Switzerland? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, he lived with a, a relative of his mother, and he was ob- able to obtain employment as a handyman in a shipyard. And also, I know where I heard him from now. Um, where? He was a champion yodeler. What? He 
got certified as a pro yodeler while he was in Switzerland. Stop it. He did. No. Yeah. You're lying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're lying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he lived in Switzerland for 16 months, and then he returned to Hanover in April of 1899. Huh, okay. So, for the next... Sorry, the next year he meets a woman named Erna Lowert and they got engaged and she became pregnant with this child. Wow, before they got married? Before Scandal. they got married, but they were engaged. So I mean, that don't count. I, not for me to decide. In October 1900, Harmon receives a notice to perform his compulsory military service. Okay. Um, which is like mandatory military service that you're required to serve. So, um, you know, that's unfortunate because, you know, fresh It seems kind of weird that he would still be required to do that after first washing out for medical reasons and second, escaping a mental institution. I did make a comment on that later. Okay. Um, But we'll get to it. All right. So. I believe you. <laughs> Just get me there. <laughs> um, So, like, he's freshly engaged. Baby on. Baby is baking in the oven. Baby on board. Baby in the way. Um, Fritz Harmon was deployed on October 12th, 1900, um, and he earned a reputation among his superiors as an exemplary soldier and excellent marksman. 1900. Yes. Is this World War One? Um, I think we're lining up to be World War One. Okay. He said that his time in the service was the happiest of his entire life. And unfortunately for Harmon, the problems that caused him to leave the military the first time would happen again. He began to suffer... Dizzy spells so bad that he ended up hospitalized for over four months, and then he was later deemed unsuitable for military service and work, and was dismissed and discharged from the military under medical terms on July twenty eighth, nineteen o two. Okay, he Actually, was World War Two is in nineteen fourteen, by the way. So I was World War Two is in nineteen fourteen. World War One, sorry. Okay, so it's much later. Anyway, yes. So he was awarded twenty one gold marks and military pension. Um, and he returned to Hanover to live where his fiance was. And um, look, I know homegirl was pregnant, but there's no mention of her ever giving birth. Weird. Uh, I couldn't find like a son or a daughter, or like maybe, it talks maybe. about her being pregnant for like four years and never mentions a child being born. Okay, so. maybe she just kept getting pregnant and like miscarrying. Maybe it seems like something that they would mention. There was like a rumor saying that she had an abortion. Whoa. On one article that I read, but there's never any mention of like an actual child, yeah. just a pregnant wife. Maybe people just thought she was pregnant. She was actually just kind of Maybe fat. she just ate a lot of cheese because yeah, that's what like, like. Just like tummy fat. Fupa. <laughs> it's like. That's what I got. <laughs> that's not true. I eat a lot of cheese. You guys, food baby. That's where I keep my cheese baby. Anyway. Sorry, so I'm not. I'm just saying. Maybe I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, lots of mentions of his wife being pregnant. No mentions of there ever being a child. It's just like nosy assholes who just said she was pregnant because she was like maybe she's just like a little like on the bigger side. Maybe she was eating a lot that winter. Yeah. I don't anyway. know. Putting it away for winter, which is fine. I'm not saying yeah. that's a bad thing. I'm just saying mind your own fucking business, guys. Damn. <laughs> All right. So he's out of the military. Civilian life is awesome. He gets into it with his dad, who tries to send him back to the mental institution that was apparently okay with him escaping. Oh, now you want to backtrack, dad? <laughs> um, in 1904, he and Erna ended. Oh, him and Erna ended their engagement. 
because apparently they just didn't work out. So they're no longer together. Right. But she was pregnant at the time. Again. Still. Yeah. <laughs> Again, still we're pregnant. still pregnant um, at that time. That Vampires just have a really long gestation <gasps> oh, period. You know what? What? She just keeps them up in like a little sack. Okay. Like they do in Van Helsing. Yeah. It's kind of... Ew. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> sack babies. It's, it's hard for a dead baby. Yeah, it's hard out there for to a live. dead baby. To be live. <laughs> it's hard for a dead baby to live. <laughs> I was just thinking of like Van Helsing where they have to like, you can't give birth to a dead baby because it's a vampire. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we talked about uh, stillborn babies being vampires or something in the vampire episode. Did we? Maybe not. They had a lot of weird superstitions. to go back and listen to It's just to that. interesting to see them kind of creep into movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. And no one gets, no one realizes that that's what's happening. I mean, not no one, but anyway. Okay, Please continue back so I'll Fritz shut the Harman. fuck up. <laughs> so for the next decade, Harmon turned into a burglar slash corn artist. Con artist, not corn artist. He was a burglar and he drew pictures of corn. And he was a con artist. Yeah. Every now and then he did occasionally <laughs> obtain legitimate employment. but he Mostly would carving uh, corn husk statues. Thank you. Or Ooh. corn dolls. Ooh, corn dolls, yeah. <laughs> and corn cob pipes. <laughs> um, but he would also steal from his employer or their customers. What? Yeah. So Rats, come on, you can't, can't do that. Bite the hand that feeds you. Beginning in 1905, he served several short prison stays for offenses like larceny, embezzlement, and assault. He would actually spend a majority of the years between 1905 and 1912 in jail, and he was arrested again in late 1913 for burglary. And the search of his home revealed a hoard of stolen property linking him to other burglaries. Oh, boy. Um, so after that, he would spend five more years in jail. And towards the end of his sentence, Germany needed manpower considering they spent, or sorry, they sent most of their able-bodied men to the First World War. Yes. Um, and he was allowed to work throughout the day as a groundskeeper for manners. Oh, right, because he's, he's no longer fit for military duty. Right, and he's also in jail. Gotcha. When he finally finished his prison stay, he, like many others, were struck by were struck by poverty as a result from the loss of World War I. So what did Fritz Harmon do? What did he do? He went back to crime, obviously. Back to crime, he burglarizing. Burglarizing, larceny, embezzling. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that stealing from other impoverished people is probably going to net you big big dollars. money. Yeah. <laughs> he had established several criminal contracts or contacts to trade contraband property. Oh. Which, you know, being at that time, if we want to think back to the Treaty of Versailles, I think it was that mm. they weren't allowed to have guns anymore. That was World War 2, wasn't it? Was it? Was it? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Okay. You keep going. But some treaty made it to where they weren't allowed to have guns. Maybe it was too. So what the police would do would. You know what? Am I right? Oh, I'm right. The Treaty of Versailles brought World War I to an end. And ended the state of war between Germany and the Allied powers. So they weren't allowed to have like guns anymore or like a military or something. And what the police would do would establish like like alliances with criminals and the criminals would get the guns. Therefore, whenever the police would like raid, quote unquote, the criminals, they would get the guns. 
Yeah. So. Okay. I feel smart right now. Yeah. Wow. Good call. Good call. I, look at me. I'm educated. I am. I not. know. I know a thing. It was the Treaty of Paris that brought World War II to an end. I'm pretty oh, sure. Man, I feel so smart. You are so smart. Let me ride this high for a second. All right. Do it. So. Fritz Harman got real smart with it, though. And I don't know if it was a happy accident or what, but despite the police knowledge that Harman was both a criminal or a known criminal and a homosexual, which was illegal and punishable by imprisonment in Germany at the time, he eventually established a relationship with the Hanover police as an informer. Uh-oh. Now he's a snitch. Because of this, he was able to redirect the intention or the attention of the police from his self and his own criminal activities and to also coerce young men. Interesting. His hunting grounds? The Hanover Central Station. Like the train station? The train station. Okay. Um, he would provide... Makes a, uh, actually makes a lot of sense. Well, you know, there's a lot of, like, passerbyers. Yeah. Um, so he would provide the police with information relating to the Hanover's criminal network and devise a ruse where he would offer to store stolen property at his place and then the police would then raid his place at a previously agreed time and arrest those involved. Oh. This included Harmon, and as a result, they relied on Harmon as a reliable source of information where he was basically given free reign of the Hanover station. Wow. Are it's like a fucking mastermind. Literally. And are you ready for some murder? I'm so ready for murder. Okay. I didn't want to go to like into a lot of detail on the murder because like I feel like I did that a lot on the other vampire. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of them and they make me sad. But that's what the people crave. They want them juicy bits. Okay, I'll I'll tell you how he dismembered people later, okay? Yeah. I need a play by play. Just kidding. <laughs> I have that for you. Do you? Yeah I do. But you're not gonna talk about it? Oh but I am. Oh okay. I was confused because you had just said that you weren't really going to focus on. The, uh... No, I don't want to focus on individuals. Oh. While they most definitely deserve like their own uh, time. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we shouldn't like forget about the victims because they are victims. Yes. But at this point in time, we have to talk about murder. Okay. Let's talk about murder. Murder. Okay. Thank you. No problem. All right, so Fritz Harmon's first known victim was a 17-year-old runaway named Friedel Roth. Frito Roth. Friedel. Friedel. Friedel Little. Sorry. Friedel. A boy died. I'm sorry, Friedel. He disappeared on September 25th, 1918. His friends identified Harmon as the last person he was seen with. The police investigated and ended up raiding his place where they found old Fritz in a scandalous position with a 13-year-old boy. He was charged with both sexual assault and battery of a minor and sentenced to nine months in prison. Um, what they didn't find on that first initial search of his place was Friedel Roth's head wrapped in newspaper tucked behind the stove for safekeeping. It seems like uh, not a very thorough search. Not a very thorough search. You missed search. a whole head. <laughs> Somehow, he avoided serving that sentence at that time. I don't get it, but apparently when you're an informant, you can do these things. Maybe. I mean... He got caught having, uh, you know, doing relations horrible things to a child and yeah. still and only got nine months. So I think that already we exist in a state where things are not great. Not great. Yeah. So um, 
following, sorry, the following October, Fritz Harmon would meet an 18-year-old boy named Hans Granz. He had run away from his home in Berlin after falling out with his dad. Hans had been sleeping in the Hanover station for around two weeks before they met. Very shortly after they did eventually meet, um, Harmon invited Hans to move into his apartment and Hans became Fritz's like lover slash criminal accomplice. Okay. You know, a regular day Bonnie and Clyde. I was thinking too. Um, Just get The train station being like his, his, I don't know, hunting ground for lack of a better term made sense too because like they're kind of like a gathering point for vagrants as well yeah that's true grand stated in an interview that although his sexual orientation was heterosexual he himself initiated contact with Harmon with the intentions of selling his body having heard of Harmon's homosexuality through acquaintances he had established in the station um and fritz was definitely smitten with grand's he and han's relationship was built on manipulation and they would often have heated arguments where Hans would be kicked out only for Fritz to plead with him to come back and eventually they would move into a vacant ground floor apartment where it was conveniently located alongside a river that is pretty convenient um, and I know I said we were gonna talk about murder but it Hans is like a huge part in this okay Hans Grant Hans, Hans Grans yeah Hans Grans <laughs> is a big part of Fritz Harmon's life he's so. a Grand part of it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now we're going to get into like a lot of murder. Oh, so much murder. So much murder. Buckle up, buckaroos. All right, so between 18, 1918 and 1924, Fritz Harmon committed at the very least 24 murders and is a suspected in at least three more. 24, man. That's rookie numbers, man. Jolly Jane did 31 and it is a competition. Oh, man. All of his victims were male. Between the ages of 10 and 22. Less, less stoked about the 10 to 18 year olds dying, but yeah. more 18 stoked to 22 that they were, is a fine. I just think that the fact that all the victims were men is like a nice, a welcome change from like, you know, little, the rape and murder of women. Yeah, little girls. Yeah. Um, the victims were lured back to Fritz's home. And he is known to have killed upon the promise of assistance, accommodation, work, or under the pretense of arrest. Because he would dress up like a police officer. And... Oh, okay. Yeah. Fuck. Um, at Harmon's apartment, the victim was typically given food and drink before Harmon would bite into his Adam's apple. Often as he, like, strangled them. Okay. This often caused his victims to die of asphyxiation, and on several occasions, Harmon would bite completely through his victim's trachea. Oh, dear. Yeah. That's not uh, great. And he so wonderfully called it a love bite. Oh. Yeah, that's not great for the breathing, the whole breathing thing. <laughs> no, not, not great. So, all of his victims were dismembered before being discarded, usually in the um, Lean River. Lean Lean. Le I don't know. How do you spell it? L-E-I-N-E. L-E-I-N-E? Yeah. I have actually have no idea. I'm going to go with line. Line, because the Rhine, right? Yeah. I don't know how that Line River. He'd keep the personal but... possessions for himself or Hans, or they would um sell them. So Hans Granz was helping with this. Yeah. Or at the very least knew that it was happening. His victims largely consisted of young men, boys, 
um, runaway sex workers and commuters that would either work in Hanover or pass through it. Mm -hmm. His second murder happened six years later on February 1923. His victim was a Fritz Frank. Fritz Frank. (laughs) I wrote, there can only be one. There can be only one. Um, You must die now, Fritz Frank. (laughs) Sorry, Fritz. Fritz. Frank, not. Sorry, Mr. Fritz Frank. He was 17 and he was a pianist. Oh, man. I know. He um he invited Frank back to his place and introduced him to Hans. Hans was hanging out with two female acquaintances. And it wasn't even the following day that Harmon informed the gang that Frank had left for Hamburg. Hamburg? Um, there's not a whole lot of info that I could find on this particular murder. Um, just that it had happened. But it definitely happened. But it happened. Is there a chance that Fritz actually left for Hamburg well, and he was lived never happily seen, ever after? He was never seen again. So oh, I'm going to go with no. Okay. Well, there's something about the two female acquaintances that said that they had suspected okay. things, but not like a whole lot of actual evidence. Right. So, and it wasn't even five weeks after that murder of old Fritz Frank that Harmon <laughs> encountered another 17 year old named Wilhelm. Schultz. Wilhelm Schultz. Yeah, that he also met at the Hanover Station. Wow. Wow. Is there anyone he didn't meet at the Hanover Station that Actually, he Actually, no. Okay, well. <laughs> um, March 20th, 1923, Wilhelm had been traveling to work when he encountered Han, or sorry, Harmon. His body was never found, but his clothes were among the possessions found later at Harmon's landlady's apartment. Okay. Because Harmon would either sell the possessions, keep them, or give them away. Okay. So Which one did he do with his landlady, you think? Give his... them away, sell them, or? I'm sorry, what? They found the dude's possessions at his landlady's apartment. Yeah. Because he would sell them or give them away. I don't know if he sold or gave them away to her. I was I was asking what you thought he did. Oh, maybe he exchanged it for rent. Ooh, Maybe. Something I had not considered. A give or take, if you will. Anyway. Months later, Harmon is also believed to have murdered two more times in that same apartment. Um, Before vacating it in June of the same year, a 16-year-old Roland Hutch and a 19-year-old Hans Sonnefeld. Okay. After that, they moved into a single-room attic apartment where chaos continues to ensue. Um, Just two weeks after moving in, uh, June 25th, Ernest Ehrenberg. Um, He was the 13-year-old son of his neighbors disappeared after running errands for his dad. Two months later, on August 24th, an 18-year-old named Heinrich Strub was reported missing. Um, And then one month later, a 17-year-old boy named Paul, and I'm so sorry, boy, Bronisquitsky? I have no idea. Also disappeared. I'm sorry, Paul. See, for a second, I thought you said, I'm sorry, boy. I did. Oh. Oh, boy, am I sorry, Paul. Bronanskuski. I would have to see it, I guess. It's just letters to Bronanskuski. That's probably closest. Oh, that's just me, Paul Bronanskuski. I just, I'm sorry. <laughs> English is not my... It's on my way to Hamburg to get in on this new sandwich craze. <laughs> Brewski. I don't know. Um. So... The next time Harmon kills is going to be on September 30th of that same year in 1923, a 17-year-old named Richard Groff. Two weeks later, he gets Wilhelm Erdner, 
And an interesting thing about Wilhelm Erdner was that his parents knew that he had become acquainted with a detective, Fritz Honorbrock, which was a pseudonym used by Harmon. Shit. Yeah. But he also killed his next door neighbor's kid, right? Yeah. So he didn't meet him at the train station. I'm sorry I lied to you. Again. That's twice that you've admitted to lying in this one episode. Have I? Yeah, remember when you were saying that this was uh, uh, Armin Mills? Um, Armin who? Armin. Mivis. Who's Armin Mills? No idea. Armin Mivis. I rebranded him. I gave him, <laughs> a, I gave him a more American name. Oh. <laughs> um, Armin Mivis is inspo. Okay, well, Billy 2, Felicia 0, I don't know. I just want to know why you why you insist on hurting our listeners. <laughs> they have feelings too, you know, I'm allegedly. S- sorry. So, um, at the end of October, Harmon would kill two more boys, a 15-year-old named Herman Wolf and a 13-year-old named Heinz Brinkman. Is it thundering? It is thundering. Should we let the puppies in here? If you want to. I mean, we're, they're probably gonna. We're probably gonna be able to hear them, but if they I start, feel bad. if they start scratching more, Finley scratching at the door. Well, yeah, bring her in here if you want. I also, I feel like we should save this just in case. Save it. Okay. So let's just take a pause, real quick. We're gonna take a quick break. thunderstorming outside usually usually when we record we put the dogs in the bedroom because they're loud so if you hear them stomping around or scratching or slurping water it's just they got scared because it's thundering so we let them out here with us yeah so so you just have to deal with it because our babies are scared so it's thunderstorming outside anyway all right so let's continue on november 10th 1923 adolf Han apple Adolf Hanapple. From Dusseldorf. Oh, from the Dusseldorf Hanapples. <laughs> Disappeared. And on December 6th, a 19-year-old Adolf Hennies disappeared as well. Um, although Harmon admitted to only dismembering him, and but denied killing him. Oh, yeah. I just found him dead and dismembered him, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, unfortunately, nobody was convicted of his murder because they couldn't figure out who exactly killed him. Merlin making his debut on the podcast. And that's Merlin. And there's Twitch. All right. Just a lot of activity. Anyway. Oh, there's the thunder. (laughs) (laughs) Thunder. Thunder sounds. Immediately Merlin stops slurping water and just looks at us. Here he comes. Come on, Merlin. It's okay, baby. Sit down. Hey, come hang out next to me. Sit. Okay. All right. So... Um, after taking Christmas off, Harmon would wait five whole days um, into the New Year before he murdered 17-year-old Ernest Spiker. Ernest Spiker. Spiker, speaker. Sorry, homie. Um, he, inv- he actually invented the speaker, <laughs> which is not what you think. Um, trial testimony from a friend 
of um, Spiker indicated that Harmon had become an acquainted with him before his murder. Ooh. Yeah, so Harmon's would state. It's loud. It's loud. Harmon stated that he would simply have to assume this youth was one of his victims due to all of his personal possessions that he had. Right, he had this dude's stuff. Yeah. Okay. And just assume. He was like, oh, well, I, I guess I did that. Well, maybe. Maybe. I don't remember, but I do have all his shit, so. So, reasons would believe that I did it. <laughs> um, Ten days later, Harmon would kill a 20-year-old named Heinrich Koch. Uh, sure. Koch. Couldn't tell you. Probably Coke. Coke. C-O-C-H. It's hard being. But I'm going to hang on to the fact that I knew what the Treaty of Versailles was. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't think being not being able to pronounce uh, foreign names makes you anything except Uneducated. basically everyone else. In February, he would kill two more times. This time being a 19-year-old Willie Singer and a 16-year-old Herman Schwinkter. Herman what now? Schwinkter? Yeah. Is that really his name? Schwinkter? Mm, S-P-E-I. No, don't spell it. Don't spell it. I want to believe that his name is Herman Schwinkter. I'm sorry, Herman. And then the guy before was what? Willie Singer? Yeah. See, at first I thought you meant he was like a type of singer. And I was like, what kind of singer was he? A Willie one. A Willie Singer. Um, Herman would take the month of March off and he doesn't kill again until April 1st. Wow. He I took know. off for Easter. I always thought Easter was in April. Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. He took it's... off for Mardi Gras. Okay. Is Mardi Gras in March? Sometimes. Okay. Sure, whatever. Sure. I don't know when Easter is. It just happened, right? Let's throw in a random holiday from March. St. Patrick's Day. Perfect. Because we all know Germans love St. Patrick's Day. Because <laughs> St. Patrick was, fact, was in fact from Germany. Was he? Yeah. Wow. No, I don't oh, know. Wait, why are you? <laughs> I was going to believe you. <laughs> Um, okay, so, um, <laughs> yes, Patrick, I know. a well-known German name. <laughs> My middle name is Gullible. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> um, okay, so April 1st, he kills uh, Hermann Bach, okay. which was another acquaintance of his, and then only a week later, he would kill 16-year-old Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, no, I'm not even going to try. Okay. <laughs> Hography. Griffliffly. Yep. Yeah. Nine days later, he would kill 16-year-old Wilhelm Apple. Wilhelm Apple? Apple. Apple. Oh, well. He had hand apple before, right? Mm -hmm. Or apple hand? Hand apple. Hand apple. <laughs> <laughs> April 26, 18-year-old Robert Wenzel would disappear. Robert Wenzel. Only two weeks after that, Harmon would kill a 14-year-old named Heinz Martin. And then less than three, day three weeks later... On May 26, Harmon would kill a 17-year-old named Fritz Wittig. Fritz Wittig? Wittig. Wittig? Wittig. Fritz Wittig. <laughs> he really um, isn't uh, not a big fan of people with his name, huh? No. This is what, number two or three that, ha that was named Fritz? This is the third one. But Harmon said he only killed that one because Grimes wanted his suit. Really? Yeah. Seems a little extreme, but okay. He had a nice suit. You could have just stole it from him or asked him to buy it. <laughs> we could have worked our way down like a much less dramatic list. I mean, who could be bothered? That's fair. 
Um, but also on that same day, Fritz Harman's youngest victim, Friedrich Abeling, okay, um, would disappear. And then two weeks later, 16-year-old Friedrich Koch. You said it before. Coke. Coke. I'm just assuming because I've seen Roke, R-O-C-H. Yeah, uh, on June 5th. Okay. Harmon thankfully killed his final victim, 17-year-old Eric DeVries, on June 14th, 1924. Okay. So this is the last person he ever killed, that was the last supposedly. One, supposedly. Um, okay, so... On May 17th, 1924, two children playing near the, was it Lean River? Lean, Liney. Liney River. Something. I like Liney. I'm going to call it the Liney River. The Liney River. On the Liney River, discovered a human skull. Uh-oh. Police determined it to be that of a young male aged between 18 and 20. Okay. The skull had evidence of knife wounds. Initially, police were skeptical as whether the skull had come from a murder or if it had been discarded by grave robbers, or even if it had been placed there in a tasteless prank by med students. Which wow, med students. They do have a weird sense of humor. Kinda, However, kind of have to. I feel like that would be like a pretty expensive, tasteless prank because... I don't really know though. Like we don't know what the situation was with like. That's true. I always just picture like you know, medical skeletons being very very expensive. Can you imagine like modern medical students just like l pranking about taking a cadaver and leaving it somewhere as a prank? Oh my god! Is it like a weekend at Bernie? It? Yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Um, another theory on how the skull got there was that it may have been discarded by. Um, a neighboring city that was experiencing an outbreak of typhoid. Okay. And I guess they were just throwing bodies into the river. Mm -hmm. um, although these theories would be tossed out after the discovery of a second skull was found behind a mill located close to the earlier discovery. Um, again, the skull was identified as having been that of a young male between the ages of 18 and 20. And then shortly after that, two boys playing in a field discovered a sack containing numerous human bones. Oh, shit. Just a sack of bones. Just a sack of bones. Sack of bones. Eventually, skulls were popping up everywhere. That's what I call you whenever you're wrapped up in the blanket. A little sack of bones. A little sack of bones. I kind of like that. Yeah, like that? <laughs> uh, two more skulls were found in June on the banks of the Liney River. Liney. In, in uh, West Hanover. West Hanover. Born, Born and, and raised. raised. <laughs> At the Hanover Station is where I spent most, most of, of my, my days. days. Anyway, let's continue. Chilling out, relaxing, all cool. Getting murdered by some cannibal fool. I'm not saying, I don't guess he didn't eat people, but he did bite them. Fritz and Hans were making trouble in the neighborhood. Yeah, Fritz and, Fritz and Hans. Of the Hanover Fritz and Hans. Right. Sorry, continue, please. So, <laughs> please. Kill this joke. God damn it. <laughs> On June 8th, the residents of Hanover got together at the Liney River Liney. and searched both the banks of the river and the surrounding areas. They found several human bones, which they handed over to the police. As you do. As hopefully one does. Yes. Um, because of this, the police decided to drag the entire section of the river that ran through the city of Hanover and discovered over 500 more human bones. Wow. Um, and also like sections of bodies. Like decomposing? Yeah, I'm going to guess like leg or like head, part, shoulders, part, knees, and toes. Yeah, just all of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and it was confirmed they sorry the section of bodies all had like knife marks on it on them it sure whatever the bodies had knife marks on the bodies thank you um (laughs) it was confirmed by a doctor that these belonged to at least 22 separate human individuals (laughs) sorry why is that funny I was just waiting. I, I thought it was going a different way, and I thought it was funny. I just imagine, like, it was confirmed by a doctor that, yes, they these were, in fact, human remains. He's like, <laughs> I'm a doctor, and I could say with great certainty that this leg is human. This is, in fact, This a is, human in fact, leg. a human leg. Okay. Anyway. Um, half of the remains had been in the river for a while. A whole a while. A while. And while others were more fresh. To death. The newer bodies had evidence of being dissected and belonged to young males between the ages of 15 and 20. Eee. Eee. Dissected. Dissected. Cut open. Inspected on the inside. And looked at. Yes. Fondled ah. gently. <laughs> no, stop. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the police quickly suspected Harmon for the mass of, of human bodies found because, one, he was already known to both police and investigators who had 15 previous convictions for child molestation and sexual assault and battery of a minor. I like that they just immediately like, you know what? This sounds like Harmon. We we know somebody. I think it's Fritz, guys. We, we think it might be Fritz. Like, you know, I think it might be Fritz. You know, but he's a good informant. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of dead body they're, parts. They're just piling up over here. Yeah. Um, and he had been connected to the disappearance of Friedel Roth and Herman Koch. Um, so... Fritz Harmon was placed under surveillance. Since he was a trusted police informant, they had to draft two young policemen from Berlin to pose as undercover cops and discreetly observe his to movements. pose undercover, not as undercover cops. Like they're not pretending to be undercover cops, right? They're actual cops. That are undercover yeah. as like Hanover people. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, did I... Did I say that? I weird? just wanted to make sure. Yeah, you said they got two young policemen from Berlin to pose as undercover cops. Oh. In my head, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, on the night of June 22nd, Harmon was observed arguing with a 15 year old boy named Carl Fromm. Carl Fromm, where? Harmon approached the police <laughs> <laughs> and insisted that they arrest the. Sorry. Harmon approached the police and insisted they arrest this young boy on the charge that he was traveling with forged documents. Mm-hmm. After they arrested Carl, he informed the police that he had been living with Harmon for four days and that he had been repeatedly raped by his accuser. Oh, dear. Um, you some- didn't really think that through very much, did you there, no. Fritz? Um, sometimes with a knife being held to his throat. Woof. Um, and then Harmon was arrested the next morning and charged with sexual assault. Okay. After his arrest, his apartment was searched, and he had been living there since June of 1923. What they found there was a nightmare. What'd they find? The flooring, the walls, and the bedding were found to be extensively bloodstained. Dear. Not not a big cleaner, huh? Apparently not. Harmon tried to explain this away by being a byproduct of his illegal trading in contraband meat. His neighbors were questioned, and they said they had seen him leaving his property with concealed sacks, bags, or baskets, invariably in the late evening or in early morning hours. Two former tenants and 
informed the police that in the spring of 1924, they had discreetly followed Harmon from his apartment and observed him discarding heavy sacks into the Liney River. Oh, shit. Neighbors. Neighborhood watch, motherfucker. Nosy neighbors. Why didn't they tell anybody? We're the neighborhood watch, and we're taking you down. But why didn't they tell anybody? I don't know. Hey, Fritz is being weird and dumping things into the river. Hey, Fritz is throwing bags in the river. Maybe they had their own secrets. Fair. Do we have Nazis yet at this point in Germany? It's 1924. I think there's Nazis there. Are there? Yeah. I mean, like, are they in charge at this point? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It just seemed like I, I wouldn't want to say shit to, like... You have a point there. But also, I don't know if, like, the normal, like, the... No, they had to know, right? Like, the layman knew that the Nazis were fucked up. Yeah. Like, they saw them doing fucked up shit, right? right? But then, like... Maybe they didn't know the extent to it, but they did know they were dragging people away and, like, right? Maybe. They had anyway, to. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're all really like, right? All right, so. Clothing and person personal possessions were found inside his apartment. They were all confiscated and put on display at the Hanover police station so that the parents of the missing boys could come and look and identify the items. Harmon did initially attempt to dismiss these revelations as being circumstantial in nature by explaining that he acquired many of these items through his business of trading in used clothing, with other items being left as a, at his apartment by youths whom he had engaged in sexual activity with. Okay. But... On June 29th, clothing, boots, and keys found in Harmon's apartment were identified as Robert Witzel's. And his skull had been found in a garden month prior. Oh, oh. They found his skull a month prior. Yeah. Shit, son. Um, but he had not been connected to the ones in the river. Because he was found in a garden. Because he was found in a garden. I wonder what, like, what the how close this was to where everything else was happening, this garden. I wonder... They didn't say. Yeah. Um, but a friend of Witzel's identified the police officer seen in the company of the boy the day prior to the disappearance. As Fritz Harmon. As Fritz Harmon. And oh, he tried shit. to talk himself out of that one, but he failed. Yeah. He failed that deception check. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of evidence pointing at, like pointing the finger at Harmon. And his sister urged him to confess. Um, and he did just that. Harmon confessed to raping, killing, and dismembering many young men in what he initially described as rabid sexual passion. God, that sounds... Between 1918... Does not make it better. She just leave it in. 1920. No, I'm talking about defining it as rabid sexual what? Desire? Passion. Passion? <laughs> Okay. Between 1918 and 1924. According to Harmon, he never actually intended to murder any of his victims, but would be seized by an irresistible urge to bite into or through their Adam's apple. Okay. Often as he manually strangled them in the throes of ecstasy before typically collapsing atop the victim's body. God. Jesus Christ. Only one person was ever said to have gotten away, and they never reported the attack to the police. Really? So Harm, Harmon is saying that one person got away and... They didn't say shit. They, they didn't say anything. What the fuck? Why? Can you imagine like... Hans Granz? He got away, technically. Nope. He died? No. Oh. Because he was involved. He's involved. Okay. Also, the Nazis were not a thing yet. 
Okay, the cool. German Reich started in 1933. Ooh. Okay. Anyway. All of Harmon's victims' bodies were disposed via dismemberment shortly after their murder, and Harmon was insistent that he found the act of dismembered extremely unpleasant. He had, he stated, been ill for eight days after his first murder. Regardless, Harmon was insistent that his passion at the moment of murder was invariably stronger than the horror of the cutting and the chopping, which would inevitably follow and would typically take up to two days to complete. You would think that if it was that horrifying for him, he would have cleaned that shit up when he was done, right? Yeah, but then like, what are men? Then again, it's just, it said it was stained. It wasn't like splattered. So maybe he did clean it up. He just didn't do a very good job. He just didn't care. Probably hard to get blood out of things. Pre-Tide Pin. I was going to say, I know how to get blood out of things. Me too. Tide Pins. I don't use Tide Pins. Well, I had to use a Tide Pin once. I stabbed myself putting ribbons on my dress white uniform. Oh. And got blood on it. Damn. Like. 30 minutes before like you're a supposed to do something muster in that uniform yeah nice tide pin baby tide pin to baby. the rescue hey, anyway. tide if you want to um yeah you want to sponsor us yeah. <laughs> tide. that's a pretty fucking good endorsement because those things were crispy white fresh from the cleaners i know what you're talking about yeah all right would you like to hear how he dismembered the bodies sure i was hoping you would say yes i would love to hear please regale me with the tale of okay dismemberment this is a quote okay from an article that i cannot remember that i took it from it's a quote from him no just okay. an article all right describing what he would do okay Here. are you ready i'm ready okay to fortify himself to dismember his victim's bodies Harmon would pour himself a cup of strong black coffee mm. then place the body of his victim upon the floor of his apartment and cover the face with a cloth as you do um before First, removing the intestines, which he would place inside of a bucket. Gross. A towel will then be repeatedly placed inside the abdomen to soak and collect blood. He would then make three cuts between the victim's ribs, shoulders, and then take hold of the ribs and push until the bones around his shoulders broke. Okay. <laughs> the victim's heart, lung, kidneys would then be removed diced and placed in the same bucket which held the intestines before the legs and arms would be severed from the body. Harmon would then begin par sorry, parring the flesh from the limbs and the torso. This surplus flesh would be disposed of in the toilet or in the nearby river. Strong toilet. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've clogged toilets with way less. <laughs> <laughs> um, the final section of the victim's body would be dismembered was invariably the head. After severing the head from the torso, Harmon would use a small kitchen knife to strip all flesh from the skull, which then he would wrap in rags and place face downward upon a pile of straw and bludgeon with an axe until the skull splintered, enabling him access to the brain. This he would also place in a bucket, which he would pour alongside the chopped up bones in the Liney River. Brutal. That's pretty gross. It's, I could see him being grossed out doing that. That's kind of gross. Yeah, I don't know why black coffee is the fortification against that, but hey, you know. It's like, I don't know why you wouldn't take like just a nice big gulp of like. In this situation, I'm going to yuck his yum. <laughs> that, I, we do not do that a lot, but gonna, this I think calls for a yucking. We're going to do that here. It calls for a yucking of a yum. Yeah. Do you hear that? Yeah. Jesus. Someone's not excited that we're talking about this. No. I'm sorry. Marilyn, oh, I'm Marilyn. sorry, baby. Sit down, buddy. It's okay. Where's Finley? She's under the table. 
Harmon insists that none of the skulls found in the river belong to his victims and that the forensic identification of the skull of Robert Winslow was mistaken because he always smashed his victim's skulls to pieces. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah. Weird. We don't know if that's true or not, I though. Bet it was Hans that got rid of that one. Maybe. He also insisted that none of his murders were premeditated. However, it's about to thunder again. How do you know that? It's lightning. Continue. There's no like. It's fine. The thunder's going to be in it. I was like, whenever I start speaking, it's going to. All right, so he insisted that none of his murders were premeditated. However, investigators discovered that circumstantial evidence suggested that several murders had been planned hours to even days in advance because Harmon would concoct explanations of his victims' disappearances that would dissuade acquaintances of his victims from filing missing persons reports. And he would only confess to murders that had existing evidence against him, stating that there are some victims that you don't know about, and it's not those you think. Interesting. Harmon claimed to have killed somewhere between 50 and 70 people. So who knows? Honestly. Not me. The police could only link Harmon to the disappearance of 27 young men. And he was charged with 27 murders. Okay. Seems like a lot. It, it's it, enough. That That's enough. And then he kind of throws Hans Granz under the bus. Saying mm. that some of the murders were only committed with the insistence of Hans who was also arrested on July 8th and charged with being an accessory to murder. Well, he got arrested a week later, but yeah, he was also arrested. Harmon underwent a psychological exam at the Gottingen Medical School, and he was determined competent enough to stand trial. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, before they had said he was... Incurably insane or yeah. something. Yeah. So... The trial of Fritz Harmon and Hans Granz began on December 4th, 1924. Harmon's was charged with the murder of 27 boys, well, boys and young men, who disappeared between September 1918 and June of 1924. Only 14 of these cases insisted upon conduction of his own defense. Did he actually acknowledge the guilt? And he claimed to be uncertain of the identification of the remaining 13 victims. Oh, damn. Yeah, so he... Okay. um only like pled guilty to 14 and and the rest he's like never heard of. I, I don't know who those people are <laughs> um hans Granz pleaded not guilty to the charges of being accessory to murder in several of the murder cases um in the beginning of the trial the public was permitted access to the courtroom although that quickly changed by the third day because they had to discuss each murder in detail and given the gruesome nature of the crime, the judge thought the public didn't need to hear that. Right. So that's why I'm here telling you today. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad. We're all so happy. So happy. So the trial was one of the first major modern media events in Germany and received extensive international press coverage, being described as the most revolting case in German criminal history until the vampire of Dusseldorf, of course, and my main man, Armin, would come I feel along. Like this one's more fucked up, though. Yeah. I think so. I, I I don't. I can't tell you who's more fucked up. Cause like Dusseldorf could barely strangle people. This dude fucking chopped people up and like. But threw Dusseldorf their shit in the also river. like raped everybody. That's fair. Like, and I, Dusseldorf also like did not care. Like he was just literally like raping everybody coming everywhere strangling people you remember he went on like a 
a hammer swinging a hammer frenzy. Sw- yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's crazier. Oh, I'm sorry, Finley. It's crazier, but I just feel like this guy's more fucked up. If we want to go gruesome, yeah, gruesome. by far, this guy's vampire more gruesome. Vampire Hanover. Fucked up. The phrasing is a little off, because, like, when you think about Dusseldorf, you think, man, that dude's fucked up, because he was, like, a complete fucking wackadoo nut job. Yeah. Like, this guy is, too, but... He's I just, th- like, brutal. I think he's a lot more brutal, more gruesome. A lot more metal. I think he had more... I'm not going to call him metal, because that... <laughs> That and was the that guy has of a positive connotation. That had like, like a bunch of guns and shit in his house. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that's the dude who writes all their music too. So like, hopefully he got off or Cannibal Corpse <laughs> is done. Anyway, sorry. Um, so um, headlines would be referred to by such titles as the Butcher of Hanover, the Vampire of Hanover, and the Wolfman. Um, and it was. Only after his arrest that rumor circulated that Harmon ate the flesh of his victim or sold it on the black market as pork or horse meat. Mm. There's no evidence to confirm that. That is strictly rumors. Probably right. like a tabloid. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to sell like a, probably like some kind of clickbait. Yeah. But like for like newspapers. Ye old clickbait. Ye old. <laughs> Turn page bait. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's, turn bait. Somebody's <laughs> somebody's on the corner of the the street. Just man eats flesh. Newspapers do do that though. Like you start reading an article on the front page, and it's like continued on four A, and it's just like three sentences. It's like you motherfuckers. Got me there. Um. So he continued to deny any premeditation to the crimes and remain adamant. And sorry, that the ultimate reason he killed was a mystery to him. He confessed to having killed fourteen of the victims only because they had evidence. Yeah. Um, and he denied having sold the body parts of any of his victims as contraband meat. Harmon's denial that he had either consumed or sold human flesh would be supported by medical experts, thankfully, and they testified that on December 6th that the meat found in Harmon's apartment was not human. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, cool. Yeah, good, I guess. Small <laughs> victories. We'll take wins where we can find them. Of course. Um, so when he was asked to identify the photographs of his victims, Harmon became dismissive and he tried to claim that he couldn't recognize any of his victims. However, in an instance where he claimed to be unable to recognize his victim faces, but rather his victim's clothing or other personal belongings that had been found in his possession. Maybe he was face blind. Maybe. There was one point where like he was wearing like one of his victim's jackets and he could tell you whose jacket it was but he wouldn't couldn't tell you his face okay so maybe he was face blind or just like really desensitized you know like he's like these aren't people to me they're just just like whatever he ended up like they would like hold up like a piece of clothing and Harmon would just kind of like shrug it off and be like i probably killed him or charged to me i guess it's all right when asked to identify a photograph of the victim, Alfred Hograffy, sorry, mm. homie, Harmon stated, I certainly assume that I killed him, but I don't remember his face. So that trial lasted, barely lasted two weeks. Yeah. They're like, we don't need that we much don't. deliberation. Um, and a total of 190 witnesses testified. Really? Where the fuck were all these people when the murders were happening? That's what I'm saying. Several acquaintances and criminal associates of Harmon testified. Harmon's landlady, 
Elizabeth Engel testified that Harmon would regularly pour chopped pieces of meat into boiling water and would strain the fat from the meat that Harmon claimed was pork. Mm-hmm. Harmon, former neighbors who testified having purchased minced meat from Harmon noted regularly that he would leave with packages of meat from his apartment, but rarely ever arrived with them. Another neighbor testified to the alarming number of youth whom had seen enter Harmon's apartment, but seldom leave. Right. Um, and another neighbor testified having observed Harmon throw a sack of bones into the Liney River. Why didn't you tell anybody? Right. Well, he also sold meat, so maybe they just thought it was like animal bones, maybe. right? Maybe. And then the people who like, oh, we saw these people enter and not leave, I guess. If you see somebody go in and then you wake up and you never see them leave, maybe you just assume they left in the night while you're sleeping, you know? Right. Nobody assumes that their neighbor's a murderer, right? I mean... I mean, like... Just kidding. Your neighbors are fine. Yeah, I don't think... I don't I don't really get murder vibes from any of our neighbors. But you no, know, you usually fine. don't get murder vibes from murderers, so... That's fair. They okay. probably get murder vibes from us. Yeah, they're like, they're definitely... They're definitely... Look, those devil worshippers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Two, the two female acquaintances that I briefly mentioned earlier testified how on one occasion in 1923, they had discovered what they thought was a human mouth boiling in a soup kettle in Harmon's apartment. So these were like regular female acquaintances? Yeah, but um, the police suggested that it may be a pig snout. Oh, okay. Because those things look the same, don't I, they? I thought about that sentence for a while after I wrote it down after reading it, and I was like, but does it? Right. I don't think it does. No. But what kind of pig are you looking at? What kind of woman are you looking at? But what kind of pig? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't think pigs have teeth. I mean, like they do, I, but not like teeth. human. They just said mouth. Like not like human teeth. You know what I mean? I didn't say teeth. It just said true. mouth. So Teethless, I guess. I, I would need like a side by side. I also don't know like what you mean by mouth. Because like that's a pig skull, right? That does not look anything like a human mouth. But we're not talking about a skull. We're talking about... Oh, the skin. A mouth. But like I don't lip. know what it means by mouth. Does it mean tongue and cheek and lips? Or does it mean... That's true. I don't know. I, there was an... I don't know. Anyway. So. I guess a pig's nose could look kind of like a human mouth. If you squint. If you did never saw one before in your life. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You've never seen a mouth before. All right. So, just a quick quote from Fritz Harman. Okay. Um, before. All right, but I want you to do it in a German accent. Oh. Just kidding. You don't have to. <laughs> Condemn me to death. I only ask for justice. I'm not mad. Make it short. Make it soon. Deliver me from this life, which is torment. Wow. I will not petition for mercy, nor will I appeal. I want to pass just one more merry night in my cell with coffee, cheese, and cigar. After which I will curse my father and go to my execution as if it were my wedding. All right. Kind of emo. You know how we do. <laughs> On December 19, 1924, the court reconvened. The judge found Harmon sane but accountable for his actions. Harmon was found guilty of 24. What the fuck was that? That's Max. Oh. Harmon was found guilty of 24 out of 27 murders and sentenced to death by beheading. He was acquitted of the three murders which he denied committing. And upon hearing the sentence, Harmon stood before the court and proclaimed, I accept the verdict fully before and freely, before adding, 
I shall go to the decapitating block joyfully and happily. Hans had a different reaction. He became hysterical upon hearing that he had been found guilty of enticement to murder and sentenced to death by beheading in relation to the murder of Adolf Hennapple plus 12 years in a prison sentence for being accessory to murder in the Fritz Wittig case. Okay, this is Hans Kranz. Yes. Okay. Um, it is said that he collapsed when he returned to his prison cell. Because he's a little drama bitch. Little, little bitch boy. Should have thought about that before you fucking were accessory to, you know, all that bullshit, Hans right. Granz. So, Harmon. What was he getting out of it, do you think? Do you think he was also just like a crazy serial killer dude? Probably like a place to stay, a meal ticket, um, companionship even. Do you think he enjoyed what they were doing? I don't think he enjoyed what they were doing, but he was benefiting from it. Yeah, okay. So... While he may have not been okay with it, he wasn't not okay with it enough. Right, right. To where he put a stop to it. Right. And if we're thinking about, he, like Harmon said that one case where he just wanted the guy's suit and Harmon killed him for it. Yeah. Like. He probably wore the suit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So Harmon kept his word. He did not appeal the case against the verdict, claiming that if he were at liberty. He would likely kill again. Mm. Hans Granz did lodge an appeal against the sentence, and it was rejected Rejected in February of 1925. At 6 a.m. in the morning of April 15, 1925, Fritz was beheaded by guillotine in the Hanover prison. He was not informed of his execution date until the prior evening. His last meal was an expensive cigar and Brazilian coffee to drink in his cell. No members of the press were allowed to witness the execution. Those who were allowed said he was pale and nervous, but he maintained a sense of like stoicness mm -hmm. um, as he walked to the guillotine. And his last words were, I am guilty, gentlemen, but hard though it may be, I want to die as a man. And then he placed his head upon the bench and he added, I repent, but I do not fear death. And then his head came off. Wow. And sections of his brain were removed for forensic analysis. After examination, it revealed traces of meningitis. Okay, that's um, not great. No, though his brain was eventually discarded and his head, but sorry, his head was preserved in formaldehyde and remained in the possession of the Gottingen Medical School from 1925 until 2014 when it was cremated. And I'm a little bummed out about that. They could have done something to it so it's not his head that ripley's has it's the dusseldorf guy du right ripley's does have dusseldorf's head okay <laughs> um but you can see why i got confused there yeah because both of their heads came off and yeah and they were both preserved. the vampire of some town in germany and were preserved for quite a long time yeah so well a fitting end a fitting end sorry okay so his victims are buried in a communal grave in the Stockner Cemetery. Okay. Um, in February of 1925, and it holds a large granite memorial that was added to include the names and their ages. These are all his victims. Yeah. They're buried together in a communal grave. Okay. Um, later, a letter was discovered written by Harmon declaring Hans Granz innocent, and that actually led to um, Granz receiving a second trial. Mm -hmm. The letter had been dated February 5th, 1925, and he had addressed it to like Hans's father. 
In the letter, Fritz Harmon claimed that although he had been frustrated at having been seen a little bit more as like a meal ticket by Granz, that he, um, that he actually had no idea that he had killed anybody. Weird, because you know, blood stains. Yeah. Um, and that he claimed that many of his accusations against Hans were um, mostly under extreme duress. Okay. And that he had falsely accused Hans of instigating the murder of Hanapel and Wenzel as means as revenge. So. Feels like bullshit. It kind of feels like bullshit. Yeah. Harmon claimed that his pastor would be informed as to the contents and the authenticity, authenticity of the letter. So in January of 1926, Hans had his retrial. He was charged with aiding and abetting Harmon in the murder victims of Adolf Hanapel and Fritz Wittig. Although Gron stated in one address to the judge at his second trial that he expected to be acquitted. But on the 19th of January, he was again found guilty of aiding and abetting in both cases. Although in this instance, he was sentenced to two concurrent 12-year sentences. And after he served his sentences, he was sent to Sassenhausen concentration camp. Oh, fuck. And following the conclusion of the Second World War, he continued to live in Hanover until he died in 1975. Damn, son. So he did 24 years in jail and then went to a concentration camp. No. Okay, so this was 1926. So before his terms were up, he was sent to a concentration yeah. camp. And then after the conclusion of the Second World War, he lived in Hanover until he died. Okay. Um, real quick, Hans was said... This is a quote that I found somewhere and I thought it was like important to read. Okay. So Hans was said to have split the gay rights movement irreparably. Okay. Um, um, it fed every prejudice against homosexuality and provided new fodder for cons sorry, conservatives adversaries of legal sex reform because it caused so much discussion amongst the people in Germany. But much of the discussion was in relation to the murders committed by Harmon and the issues relating to the subject of homosexuality, which was illegal and punishable by imprisonment in Germany. The discovery of the murders subsequently stirred a new wave of homophobia throughout Germany, when instead they should have been focused on the methods used in the police investigation and the treatment of the mentally ill offenders and the validity of the death penalty. That so, makes sense. Yeah. There was like a lot of... um. Like, I feel like that's a technique that people still use, though. Like, hey, look at this person, this type of person who did this thing. It must mean all types of people do this thing. Absolutely, 100% the same bullshit is yeah. happening to this very day. Right. But I don't know where I was going to go with that. It's just kind of bullshit that there's a lot of um, gossip going around saying that if they had just like put him in jail like they should have because he was gay. Right. None of this would have happened. Yeah. And it just kind of like that. I don't want to say conservative because not all conservative conservatives think that gay people should be like put down or whatever. But also like I feel like conservative conservatism has different connotations in different parts of the world in different time periods. So what I'm saying like it fed into that agenda that especially during the time that was like about to happen yeah. for them. Oh, yeah. Probably you, did not help at all. I was wondering, do you think Hans Granz was sent to a concentration camp because they were just sending prisoners to concentration camps? That's possible. Or because he was like 
Maybe both. Allegedly homosexual. Like he's gay and a prisoner. Let's just. Because like that was a 100% a thing that they did. Send him off somewhere else. Yeah. Just get rid of him. So, but Hans said that he was heterosexual. But, right. but I mean like once someone has like a, an idea about you. Once yeah. the public has an idea right, right, about right, right, you, right. that's basically your identity. I'm just saying. Anyway. Anyway. Another wonderfully happy episode of Our another Odd Pod. Another wonderfully happily episode of Our Odd Pod. <laughs> what else you got? Oh, no. You want me to have more? That's the end? That is the end. That's a good episode. Thank you. Damn. Showing off. <laughs> I feel like my episodes just keep getting longer and longer. I'm saying, I'm just going to let you have it. Just <laughs> You just be in charge of the episodes because clearly you're much better at it than I am. Whew. Um. Well, if that's it. Uh, that is it. One thing we forgot to mention at the beginning is you can go to uh, www.patreon.com slash our odd Patreon. We have a little bit of bonus content. Oh, yeah. There's some more that needs to be uploaded. Um, and if you enjoy our intro and outro music, you should head over to DarrenCurtisMusic.com because he has like a lot of uh, for-use um, music that he's created for other creators like us. Yeah. And he's a nice dude. We're big fans. Yes. Sorry, my arm is starting to hurt. That's okay. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what we haven't done in a while? We haven't told people to tip the baristas. Yeah, tip your baristas. And also, it is currently uh, telecommunications week in America. So Hell if yeah. you're a emergency telecommunicator, keep up the good work. First responder. And if you're a first responder, you guys have your own week. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. Yeah, come back next time. And I hope you enjoyed the show. But as, as always, we are the Boneses, and we're we are out. out.